Blog Talk Radio. Ten. Welcome, my name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. The Implications, columnist of the Imps Adventure Series on LawsOfPain.net, and your Perfect 10 Wrestling host right here on LOP Radio. And before I get into things, please do check out the other Laws of Pain Radio shows. A Friday is the right side of the pond with Mav, Plan and Mazza. They'll surely be doing a WrestleMania preview. Uh, Saturday is all about All Elite, with the guys who brought you WCW Legacy Series in Miz Fan and Shane Mystic. And they're also doing a MLW Legacy Series within their All About Elite show. The Sundays, normally it's the dock. However, this week, we might, you might get a double whammy. This is the first time it's happened. I've not actually, I forgot to ask. <laughs> That's pretty, I've been busy, I forgot to ask. So this Sunday, you will be getting a, an aftershock for uh, WrestleMania, obviously. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> I've realised my list is null and void. Because you've got NXT TakeOver, and there might be an aftershock for that. I didn't think that through. As far as I know, there's not an aftershock for the uh, G1 Supercard thing at Madison Square Garden, but I'll be trying to write a column. I'll get into why it's a try <laughs> after I've done this list. Yeah, then Sunday will be WrestleMania aftershock, and you might get a Doc Sage on top of that as well. So, yeah, lots of, lots of stuff this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Good of me to forget it's WrestleMania. <laughs> Uh, uh, Monday is Kingdom of Honor with Jaman and his friend Jeff talking about Ring of Honor and New Japan. Obviously, they're going to talk about G1 Supercard. Uh, Tuesday is Global Revolution, which is possibly the most must-listen Global Revolution of the year. As they'll be going through all of the WrestleMania-wide shows, except the, as in outside of New Japan and WWE, all the little shows that are on during WrestleMania week, they will be covered on Tuesdays on Global Revolution. Uh, live after SmackDown will be One Nation Radio with Rich Latter and James Boyd talking about that week's WWE. Wednesdays is Plans Sport Entertainment is Dead with his interesting performance art reviews of WWE. And then next Thursday, you're back with me. Hooray. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, this is not just back with me. <laughs> this is an amazing intro. I'm not forgetting anything at all. Uh, yeah, from next Thursday, for, uh, I'm going to try it out for two months and see what happens. But Burns returning, so... You know, anything about the origin of this show, uh, it started when I contact. I've been writing in the Collins Forum for about half a year, and then I contacted a certain writer called Burning My Light. We'd started within like a couple of months of each other, really got on, and I was like, I want to get more serious about this thing, why don't we start a podcast? And then that summer, summer 2016, myself and Burning My Light started a column, and voila, that's when Perfect <laughs> and Wrestling with Imp and Burn was born. <laughs> so... <laughs> But then we'll be, we will be returning to that. that. Hence why the that long rambling story. Uh, Burn will be touring for two months. Uh, I think that's the plan for now, just to do it for two months, a nice little special thing. And then he, he should be on his merry way. Um, but you never know. Anyway, <laughs> before I get into this week's show and what it is and everything, I'm very ill. <laughs> so I uh, there was a, a nasty cold going around, and I managed to avoid it, and I thought, this is really unlike me. I, I've got a crap immune system. I catch everything. But, yeah, it, people have had it for, like, two or three weeks, and I've not caught a thing until today. <laughs> it turns out I was lying in wait, wait, waiting for my WrestleMania week to get started. 
It waited until the day my WrestleMania week starts, and then it got me. The damn you world, you bastard. <laughs> so there will be lots of sniffling during this. I have got a warm cup of tea, which I will pause to drink. I have got bubble bath oil on top of a, a, some toilet roll to sniff. <laughs> Make it all smell nice. I've got tissues in front of me. <laughs> To damn the nose and everything. It's a constant runner, guys. <laughs> so this is going to be very interesting. Luckily, my voice isn't gone. I can feel it's a bit weird. <laughs> my voice isn't quite 100%, but it's not gone or anything. I've just, I woke up today and I had all the symptoms. <laughs> I was just like, no, I'm doing so well. Ah. But anyway, that kind of makes what I uh, started promoting last week kind of the perfect decision. Four, this week we'll be playing Worst Case Scenarios for WrestleMania 35. That's like pure fun. If you've not heard, uh, heard one of these shows before, uh, I preview the show by booking it as horrifically as possible. The wrong winners or set up god-awful storylines to destroy character momentum. Just the worst way possible. It is a bit of fun. <laughs> this isn't me shitting on the show. This was born out of, uh, I think it was maybe during 2017, 18. I saw a lot of comments from people saying, God, that was the worst show ever. That was absolutely awful. It was the worst thing ever. And I was sat there going, I bet I can make it worse. <laughs> I, was like, I, don't, I wouldn't call that the worst thing ever. So that was kind of the thing, because WWE entered a bit of a rut. So to kind of counteract that, for every single pay-per-view, when we run, are booking them as horrifically as possible with the line-off. No matter how bad the upcoming show is, just remember... It will never be as bad as this. <laughs> so that's the kind of setup we're using. Oh, so dab my nose. Oh. Right. So the card. <laughs> it's so long, I can't really leave it any longer. So, WrestleMania 35, live from New Jersey. The same, if I'm right, it's the same stadium where WrestleMania 29 was, with like CM Punk, Undertaker, and uh, Rock and Cena for the second time in a lifetime. Uh, that was... I actually quite I enjoyed that WrestleMania for what it was. It's it's like its own fun little thing. WrestleMania 30, to be fair, was its own like a, that's a perfect example of its own special isolated WrestleMania, which is like kind of self-contained and works so damn well. But but yes, I enjoyed 29 for what it was. Yeah, maybe it's just because I was a happy time of my life at university. <laughs> maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much. Uh, anyway, the card. Fuck off. <laughs> Am I doing this when I was well? <laughs> doing all of this card when I was well? Never mind when I'm now sick. <laughs> so, so yeah, but to be fair, even without the kickoff, this is going to be 13 matches. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not cutting and running. <laughs> this is the, they're going to be absolutely massive. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, 13, so I'm not going to be doing the Battle Royals. I'm not going to talk about the Cruiserweight match. I thought I'll try and trim it somehow. <laughs> so I'd rather... 16 sounded just impossible. <laughs> it's just not happening. Uh, and I thought I would have loads of time to make loads of notes doing this, like to sit down like 30 minutes before the show and make all the notes. But my brain is moving so slowly <laughs> uh, that I, I got the list of matches down and I've done some of them. So a lot of these will be on the fly and uh, with a drugged up imp. <laughs> it's arguably the best way to play this game. <laughs> so I'm not advocating for drugs. I'm just, I'm just saying it helps. <laughs> no. mm. Right. The comments made by him. <laughs> I'm not representative of Laws of Pain Radio or Vlogs of Radio. Right. First match. This is so. Uh, this is a random order. I've got the three singles matches, as in uh, without the other stipulation stuff. 
So the three singles matches, then I've got the tag team stuff to bash through, then other mid-card stuff, uh, then the main event, big ones, just a nice, that nice little order. So this is not the order I think the card will be in. It's not the order that is on WWE's website. It's my random order of of me trying to remember the matches and then go, God, what have I forgotten? And go, go to lots of pain and thinking, I've forgotten Styles Orton. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Right. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Big Samoan counter-defeater versus Big Scottish. Kick, uh, defeat of a person who defeated cancer. <laughs> I think, is that his motivation in this? I've not really been paying. It's, it's his motivation to beat somebody who defeated cancer. <laughs> just, just like, you defeated cancer, but you're not defeated me. <laughs> Jim McIntyre's not a pirate. He is now, though. You seen the image I made for this? It took me hours. <laughs> I was ill in bed and I thought, you know what? I'll go to Photoshop. I'll make a cartoon WrestleMania sign next to cartoon me, and not realizing how long that would take. Normally, never mind many noses because of the difference. Anyway, so yeah, is that Drew, Mac- Drew McIntyre's motivation to defeat the man who defeated Cancer? Does that in his head make him think he's better than Cancer? I don't know what what, what is his motivation. <laughs> not understood this. Uh, by the way. If you are listening live, uh, do feel free to hit me up on Twitter with like your worst case scenarios. You don't have to do it for every single match because <laughs> you, you don't have to be as mad as me. But yeah, so if you do have a worst case scenario that you think is hilarious, <laughs> always just a genuine concern which is emotionally hits you because <laughs> you think this might actually happen, hit me up on Twitter at the Damning Cat, or I was going to say use the hashtag worst case scenario, but I should have done that in advance. <laughs> Not thought that though. All right. So if Drew McIntyre, this is just me, I'm leaning on my head in a kind of sighing manner. If Drew McIntyre's motivation is that he wants to defeat Roman Reigns to prove he's better than Camp, <laughs> then I guess Drew McIntyre has to win in the worst case scenario. Best case, because best, in reality, WWE are not going to have their former top, I say former top superstar, I'm assuming he's going to be top again. But their top superstar who defeated leukemia, they're not going to have him lose at WrestleMania. <laughs> just after returning. <laughs> so, this was a feel-good match where it, both guys are actually on an amazing kind of peak of their wrestling kind of... They've been a good... Peak wasn't the word. They've been a good run. I'll use that. It's not the word I wanted. But they're on a good run. And it's, uh, I'm excited to see this match. This might actually be a dark horse of match of the night. But there's so many matches... When, where it falls on the card could really like either save it or kill it just because there's so many matches they will reach a point where you just fatigue especially like someone like me like UK fans and the European fans we're going to just fatigue because <laughs> it's so long so where this match falls on the card is really really depends on yeah how it's I, I did all the right words but not in the right order <laughs> so Drew McIntyre is better than cancer, and that is the message of this match. Drew McIntyre wins. How does he win? Does he just destroy Roman Reigns because he wasn't ready because he just defeated cancer? Yeah, he does. <laughs> there you go. There's your worst-case scenario. Just drill it into the match that Roman Reigns should not have come back in this too, and he wasn't ready. And that, like Charlie Caruso interviewed him on the night more. Yeah, that's right. I watched more. <laughs> so, uh, she interviewed uh, Roman Reigns, pretty much saying that, and that's when Drew McIntyre attacked him. And he went, I'm better than cancer. <laughs> he didn't say that, but that's the message I took from it. So Roman Reigns like, are oh, you ready? Because you just returned from leukemia and teaming up with the Shield is one thing, but by yourself one-on-one against the competitor, the caliber of Drew McIntyre, <laughs> surely you can't defeat someone like that. Like, the rumours are going around, he's not ready. Roman Reigns, of course, struggling off the rumours, getting attacked by Drew McIntyre, setting up the thing of him overcoming everything. 
But my message, on worst case scenarios, is no, Roman is, was not ready to return after fighting leukemia. In fact, that makes Drew McIntyre's I'm better than cancer thing even, uh, I guess, oh, I was going to say it doesn't make it look quite as strong, but who cares? <laughs> the, the message I'm trying to the thing with worst case scenarios is you can also, you can also do a, what they're trying to say and how it actually comes across. That might be this one. <laughs> I'm trying to say Drew McIntyre's better than cancer, but also telling the story of, Drew, of Roman Reigns not being ready after returning after defeating leukemia. And then they, they, do, they also do the story of Drew McIntyre being better than cancer. And the two kind of, they're not really mentioned as uh, <laughs> clashing against each other because they haven't thought that far. But I have. <laughs> so yeah, Drew McIntyre wins. Worst case scenario, Drew McIntyre wins and they're putting over how he's better than cancer. And he carries that over to Raw. That becomes his thing. <laughs> that I'm better than cancer. And... Yeah, then that'll be the week of things fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> I realise I've got a lower, much lower tolerance for bullshit when I'm ill. <laughs> Very useful if you're a teacher, by the way. <laughs> if you've got a low tolerance of bullshit, like when you're ill, you come, it's like you've got superpowers. <laughs> you can become like the best. You feel like you become the best teacher ever, ever, because <laughs> you don't even give them a second to anything irritating. <laughs> uh, you can all learn from ill teachers. <laughs> Anyway, second matchup. I don't have time to hang around. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Build up to this one has been bloody brilliant. I've loved it. AJ Styles, uh, of course, he would feel like his story is him, uh, like hard work pays off and he eventually re- he's earned his place in WWE. And of course, Randy Orton would look down on the indie guy saying, I've been in WWE on top for all of these years. And of course, his ego would be absolutely massive. Like, it makes sense. <laughs> Both characters feel so grounded in like what we've seen in WWE, and it it makes sense. And <laughs> this is very rare for WWE. We're all we're the two characters. Their motivations make sense and feel grounded. The match itself makes sense and feels grounded. That like they want to match against each other to prove. The thing with WWE is more often than not they say when in whenever they've done a match like this before, the WWE guy always wins. I'm gonna have to have my nose. I can't breathe. <laughs> Right. Yeah, AJ Styles, Randy Orton. My fear is they're going to have Randy Orton win because WWE guy always beats the indie guy. I'm expecting with this, because they've been doing it, one thing that I'm, I've noticed a lot of people have kind of pushed to the side of, oh, that was just a WWE phase. It's not really featuring into WrestleMania that much. But I'm looking at WrestleMania as if it is, as if they did their new era thing, but WrestleMania is the kicking off point. This is when they really are going to be pushed towards that new era where they're listening to the fans. And in that case, the indie guy is going to beat the WWE guy. It's going to happen at WrestleMania. AJ Styles will win. Count my words. <laughs> AJ Styles will win. Uh, but in worst case scenarios, he bloody doesn't. No. Randy Orton wins. And I feel like part of like what happened on SmackDown needs to be included into this match. So if you didn't watch SmackDown or you've not listened to Richard James on One Nation Radio, boo! But also, <laughs> AJ Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, jumping off the top rope, and, or springboarding off the top rope, and Randy Orton caught him in an RKO. I just assumed that spot was going to be part of the match on Sunday, but they did it on SmackDown, which immediately tells you they're going to go for the spot, and they are not going to do it. <laughs> they did it on SmackDown so that AJ Styles can learn and not do it again. They have technically forgotten, or AJ Styles was naive in the moment. But back in, I want to say 2017, uh, they did the. It was when 
I can't remember what it was. Bray Wyatt might have been champion, but they did. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton on SmackDown. And AJ Styles went for the phenomenal forearm, but he faked it. So when he went to springboard at the top rope, Randy Orton jumped for the RKO, and AJ Styles held on and stayed on the apron. And everyone was like, oh, that was awesome. And then he actually went for the phenomenal forearm. So they forgot, they've not included that into this story, but I reckon that will be, it won't, it's either a reference or it's always oh, in this spot, awesome guys. And they go, yeah, we did it two years ago. <laughs> but it is still awesome. So that's going to happen in this match. So I have to find a way to make it shit. So that either means AJ Styles slips, <laughs> Randy Orton kind of RKO's him, and the slips on purpose, by the way, <laughs> just to make it more confusing. But AJ Styles is so good, he'll make it look convincing. So AJ Styles slips when he goes to the phenomenal forearm. Randy Orton kind of hits the RKO, and he could end the match there. <laughs> or Randy Orton completely dominates AJ Styles, because the WWE guy is always better. Like, there's no question there. Or you got your ball of it. Or, the, like, the true worst case scenario for this match is it's a perfectly fine two-and-a-half-star TV match. Doesn't really get going, and then one of them hits a finisher and wins. That is, it's the most boring worst case scenario ever. But for me, that is the worst case of this match, just because it feels like such a uh, dark horse for a match of the night contender. I've already said that for the first one. I can't call them all match of the night contenders. But yeah, this, this one really does have that chance of being that. To it being, eh, would be the worst case scenario for this. But, and, and of course, the WWE guy has to win the, the knock AJ Styles down peg as well. So, yeah, I could go with that. The true worst-case scenario is this match is just isn't very good. <laughs> Least inventive one I think I've done for a while. But, yes, AJ Styles, Randy Orton. It's fine, and then Randy Orton wins. You don't, you don't get to... You see AJ Styles move, but they don't hold any weight. They don't hold any... Like, ooh, ah. <laughs> they don't make that well. I'm ill. I'm allowed to make no sense. Yeah, Styles Orton. Orton wins. It's it's fine. You, you get to see your moves, but there's no, there's no hype or tension to it. The momentum doesn't build, and then Imp takes a sip of tea so he can breathe. But drinking tea doesn't make for good radio. <laughs> but I guess it emphasises my Britishness. I'm ill, so I drink tea. All right, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. I moved on. I'm bored of that last one. Kataka versus Baron Corbin. Uh, I generally don't know here. I'd have to actually care for there to be a wrong choice, right? That's the slight hindrance on this one. It's when I was looking through going, this is 16 matches. Surely there could be a match that could be cut. And looking up and down, personally, the mid-Shane McMahon, you can maybe squish a match in together. If you, if you uh, did that storyline with, with a regular modern, time, modern times wrestler, that sounds weird, with a regular full-time wrestler from the roster, then you could eliminate another match, and then this is... Yeah, someone might do the plays, or you turn the US match into a triple threat or something. But, yeah. <laughs> the other one for me is Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin. So, Kurt Angle, for me, he... It's odd, because you'd want him to have a match like this, and, of course, you can see that it will mean a lot to him. But the issue is this, ma- this card is so long <laughs> that... That kind of match on here just feels like I don't really have much time for it, even though Kurt Angle was one of my favourite wrestlers. And the, it'd be awesome to see him get this kind of send-off. But on the flip side, he needed a, a, a uh, opponent 
who could really make you care because Kurt Angle is just in that part of like he's it's it's kind of it's one of those kind of sad moments where you realise that he's just not enjoying it because he cannot go like he used to and that sucks because <laughs> not only could he go he was like arguably one of the best of his generation a TNA always calling him the best of the generation the greatest wrestler alive on the planet he told the world with that and took it to New Japan and all sorts of things but now he's you can tell that it hurts maybe <laughs> that he uh, that he just cannot go to that level anymore Baron Corbin is a full on mega heel character so that is I guess one saving grace is at least he's going out to a character that is a mega heel but what makes it worse do you give the top send off to Angle finally getting revenge on Corbin with the whole general manager storyline, which I guess you could see this as that instead of not instead of just a retirement match? <laughs> could this be the major general manager Angle that's been building for months and months and got raw the lowest TV ratings? <laughs> that probably doesn't help. That when this rivalry was kind of being built and uh, kind of put together when Angle and Corbin were general managers together or whatever it was. It doesn't help that that led to some of the most boring television. <laughs> I I stopped watching. <laughs> just, you know, I was just like, oh, this is going to be raw. Why am I watching? And yeah, so that really doesn't help momentum when this was getting its big build half a year ago led to the lowest viewership in raw history. <laughs> that is not a good sign. And, well, I mean, yeah, but it doesn't help. Cause the worst case scenario, I don't know because... This, I'm not expecting this match to be that great. <laughs> it doesn't have to be great because the entire point of it really is Kurt Angle retiring. I can either retire by putting over Baron Corbin or he can get his revenge on Baron Corbin. Either way, it doesn't matter. So for me, the worst... Ah, there we go. I just remembered. Does everybody remember? <laughs> yeah, lead you on a little story. Uh, everybody remember Vince McMahon versus Bret Hart, the match that seemingly never ended. And now, whenever I go back and watch WrestleMania from 2010, whenever they won that scored, 26? Whenever I go back to WrestleMania 26, <laughs> if it is that one, I, whine, I don't watch this match. I don't watch Vince McMahon versus Bret Hart. It's, it's, it was, when I watched it live, or when I, I didn't watch it live, when, whenever I watched it at the time, that was time I never got back. <laughs> I'm not going to go through that again unless I'm forced to for a column or I am paid to do so, <laughs> then I will willingly watch it. If you pay me to watch it, I will. But aside from that, no. So this match needs to learn from that, and it needs to keep going. <laughs> Even if Kurt Angle can't really do anything anymore. That didn't stop Vince McMahon, Bret Hart. <laughs> when, Vince, when Bret Hart literally just had to sit on the chair in the middle of the ring. If Kurt Angle has to do that, then he has to do that to keep this match going. <laughs> and that means he got Baron Corbin on the offense. To be fair, that could help Kurt Angle. That means he might not need the chair because Baron Corbin's claw on the shoulder can just go magma. <laughs> just keep him there. <laughs> He's stuck wherever. Uh, I mean, that could be the story of the match. Just loads of rest holds and it just doesn't end. <laughs> it keeps on going. You can try, I'll be kind, you can try and build momentum. You can do a comeback for Kurt Angle. You could do your stuff, but I guess in the end, Baron Corbin winning just to purely eliminate that feel-good thing, but then you've got Kurt Angle retiring afterwards, so whoever wins, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Oh. Yeah, really doesn't matter. <laughs> I guess he could go for a, um, like a double finish kind of thing, or if Baron Corbin beats Angle, then 
Baron Corbin. No, Kurt Angle. After the match, they shake hands and Kurt Angle walks away and Baron Corbin celebrates in the ring and he left there like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's perfect worst case scenario. <laughs> match that goes on for ages and they try and t- turn it up as uh, you know, Baron Corbin lasted in uh, the ring with Kurt Angle for over 20 minutes. Uh, what an amazing competitor he is. Maybe he's not so bad after all. <laughs> oh, that's the worst way, way to go. Turn in baby face. <laughs> I've got it, guys. I've got it. I can't breathe, <laughs> but I've got it. Oh. Right. Before we move on, we've done three matches. That's enough for an ad break for me. <laughs> I'm going to take a big old swig of my tea. When we return, we'll talk about the tag team matches. There's three of them. Right. <laughs> Not one of them is on the pre-show currently. As I'm speaking, at the time of recording, all three tag team matches are on the main card. Now, they're taking it seriously, thanks for AEW, so... Got AW to thank for this. <laughs> right, I'll see you in about five seconds or so. Right. In a bit, chap. A break <laughs> didn't help at all. Oh. <laughs> Ow! Right. Tag teams, yes. <laughs> tag, tag team matches. Oh. I've got no stuff written down for these. I could lump them all together. <laughs> I really don't care. Right, the first one I'll address, the raw one, because that was added right before I came on live. So you might not have seen this, but it was made official within the hour of my countdown to this show starting. But the uh, Raw Tag Team Championships are going to be on the line as the Revival defend against Hawkins and Ryder. Very surprised this has stayed as a single thing, but they've taken out the back and ricochet and put them onto the sweatdown match. So, not these than who? Uh, one half of A and P still in, did as far as I know. Uh, and, and I'm struggling for the raw tag team. <laughs> there must be tag team that I'm just blanking out on. Anyway, who who was in the triple? It doesn't matter. No, moving on. <laughs> so, as I said, the match was made official like within the hour of me coming live. Uh, it could have been like an hour ago, for far as I know. Uh, first question, why is this on the cards? <laughs> I, this is, why? Why is this a thing? So I guess part one, Kurt Hawkins, of all people, has got a spot on WrestleMania. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, secondly, uh, the Revival are very, very good. But it feels more like uh, I don't know, it's in a weird place because it, it feels like when you watch Raw, you feel like whoever's kind of booking the card of things, in terms of priority, doesn't really care about the tag team scene. It's kind of like, I'll just throw them out there, it'll be fine. And the booking over the course of these last couple of years, is, it's like they'll, they'll care about it for a bit, then they'll just like put it on the B team or something like just a full on joke and nobody cares. And then you get something like Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler versus Ambrose and Rollins in those amazing matches, and then you back to nobody cares. So this is a weird one. This feels like those two things against each other. <laughs> you've got the Revival, who seem to really, really care about this, and then you've got Hawkins and Ryder, who, before this mini-setup, if it really was a setup, then these are just... It's not really... <laughs> yeah, they're the more jokey winners if they win. I don't know, it's, it's really weird. I don't know if they're on this card because they are key candidates to maybe jump to AEW because of their relationship with Cody. I, I think they came up kind of together-ish in terms of time frame. But yeah, it's really weird this match is on the card. I don't know why it is. Worst case scenario for me is Hawkins and Ryder win and then try and make it a thing. <laughs> That's just, I don't understand that. 
because I'm looking for heel because it's very good to be very um, I'm really strongly think behind the idea of the final part of this show being extremely babyface heavy. Like you do a, like it, it, some people are saying, is it overkill? And I, I myself am not expecting all three to be one after the other. But personally, that is how I would do it. You have the WWE Championship of Kofi Kingston being the first African American to walk out of WrestleMania with the championship. You've got the Universal Championship of Seth Rollins starting this new era and finally ending the reign of Lesnar. And you've got the main event of the winner-takes-all of the women's match, of Becky Lynch having that huge moment. So you've got, you've got a triple baby face thing happening. If you want to switch it up, you've got Batista Triple H you can throw in the middle. But still, the ending of this show could be extremely baby-face happy. So I'm happy? Heavy. <laughs> so I'm looking for heels to win early on in the show. So bet your ass this is not going to be a full-on baby-face victory thing. Hence why I looked at Reigns, McIntyre, Styles, Orton, Angle, Corbin, and looking at them was like, all three baby faces could win there. <laughs> and I'm really, I'm looking, and I'm like, no, surely one of them has to. <laughs> I can't look at two different sets of three matches and then go, oh no, the faces are winning all six of those. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that can't be a thing. It's WWE. So even though I said I reckon Reigns, Styles, and Angle will win. One of them is probably going to lose. It could be Angle to call in because yeah, then he can just do his applause thing afterwards. As I'm saying, it makes it difficult to book badly. <laughs> anyway, the vibe of a talk is a rider. Again, the worst thing for this. I'm not expecting it to be good. <laughs> this is such a weird WrestleMania where there's quite a few matches where I'm not expecting that great a thing. And if it's fine or like a midway decent TV match, then it's kind of filled its slot just because it's. So long, it, like it's, it's one of those shows that might be greater than some of its parts. Like in a way, if you look at WrestleMania 17. You look at a lot of those earlier ma- like WrestleMania 18 did this as well. You look a lot of, at a lot of those earlier matches. If you eliminate the second half of the card, then it's fine, I guess. <laughs> it's not the best card I've ever seen, but it's a fine show. But you, yeah. So this WrestleMania really echoes that to me. There's going to be a lot of short matches where if they reach decent TV match, then they've done their job. They don't need to go balls to the walls. Please. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't want the show to be finishing at like 7am with the birds chirping outside. <laughs> and that'll, that'll do me in. <laughs> but, yeah. Hawkins and Ryder winning. And the matches. Uh, how do they win badly? How do they win which pisses people off? Roll-ups. People don't like roll-ups. It's the viral. They shouldn't lose to roll-up. Or they shouldn't bloody tap to Kurt Hawkins' submission. <laughs> This could be that. Finally, Kurt Hawkins' streak ends. Finally. Sniff all that. Finally. <laughs> Hawkins gets his win. And everybody's meant to be happy. Hooray. But he does it in a unconvincing way. Something I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I shouldn't have done this match. I don't care enough to book it badly. Oh, I feel a bit... It also doesn't help. I've become de-invested in WWE, so there's a lot of matches to go there. I have to care to find the worst-case scenario. <laughs> I don't. Uh. But I like the Revival, so the Revival losing and then making this all about Hawkins and Ryder, only for them to lose the belt really quickly within the next month or so. Yeah, it's fine for me. Right, next up, the women's tag titles. Before I go down, let's do the women's. So the first of the tag team Fatal 4 ways, uh, Banks and Bailey. they're called, was it, they're Bosson Hug connection? Uh, I prefer Banks and Bailey. Uh, versus Naya and Tamina, versus the Iconics, versus Natalia and Beth Phoenix. So, this is the first 
So this one could be a heel champion one. However, I'm expecting Banks and Bailey as like a celebra- celebrating the women's tag team championship. Shit, that hurts. <laughs> celebrating the uh, women's tag team championship just being a thing and every baby face win is all hooray kind of moment. That's what I'm expecting. You could class Elimination Chamber being that, so that maybe they can go a bit more different with this one. But really, Nairo and Tamina, I feel like they're the big mega heels, but they wouldn't. Yeah, they're not the winners you'd really want on a card like this. Uh, Natalia and Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix is not winning a tag team championship. <laughs> like, it's awesome that she's there. But and it's, it's kind of cool that they've got the spot on her and Natalia. Like, I don't know if anyone else truly really remembers, but I, back in the, the diva era, Natalia and Beth Phoenix versus uh, Michelle McCall and Layla, those matches were really good. And they tried to take, tried to elevate women's wrestling in the first ever women's tag teams table match. And it was really good, as far as I remember. So it's awesome to see them get to shine in this new women's era where the women are actually allowed to go out there and wrestle just as equally as the men are. So it's great to see that, but they're not winning. <laughs> Which then to me makes it either the Iconics as like a young team that they kind of can push, or Banks and Bailey as the baby faces. Hooray! I'm going with the baby faces, but my worst case scenario is Nia and Tamina. <laughs> just, God, no. I, uh, I don't know. They're one of those tactics like, yes, they're big and strong, but that doesn't mean I find them interesting to watch. <laughs> so they, they just screamed that to me. Like, maybe they would have been fine in the, like, the 80s era of WWE, where there was lots of headlocks and big, strong people. But <laughs> no, they bore me against the current clock. That's just, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> but them winning, them destroying everybody. I don't know if this is elimination or what. But worst case scenario is now to me to just destroy everybody. <laughs> you can eliminate Banks and Bailey first, try and treat it as a surprise. And then you've got them versus the Iconics and Italian Beth Phoenix. Second has to be the Italian Beth Phoenix. Then, oh, does, yeah, it does. <laughs> then you've got the Iconics. Actually, no, change my mind. <laughs> you delete the Iconics next. In like They don't really get much flash or like, just show that they deserve to be on the best of your card. And then you're cheering for Natalia and Beth Phoenix because this could be like the veterans moment. No, it won't. Destroyed. <laughs> Big heels win. Hooray. That's my worst case scenario. It won't happen. <laughs> but it is my worst. I should have been writing these down, I just realised. <laughs> I will not be able to do my end of show recap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now Tamina win. Uh, next. <laughs> I should have done the big matches first. That would be smart, wouldn't it? Before I just go down the card going, oh, oh that's a lot of matches that I don't, I'm not that invested in. Right, final tag team match. Do this. Motivation, come on. <laughs> Smackdown Tag Team Championships. The Usos versus The Bar versus Nakamura and Musta versus Alistair Black and Ricochet. First off, I would love it to become a thing where Nakamura and Rusev, no matter how badly they're booked throughout the year, they always somehow find their way into WrestleMania. <laughs> that would be my way to book them. Like, whether they're truly relevant or not, they always find a spot. That's kind of like the Rusev thing. Where he's not really been anywhere near the heights that he was, or been allowed to get to the heights that he was when he faced uh, John Cena at WrestleMania 31. But he was in the League of Nations, and then he was in the United He was injured the year after. He was in the United States Championship match last year, and this year he's in the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. <laughs> it's just, he's always there, which is quite interesting given how WWE just really haven't booked him this past year. <laughs> and he's still there. Yeah. Nice to see. See you nice. <laughs> I don't really. Yeah, it's odd. Anyway, 
Oh, by the way, the reason this show started early, I couldn't say this earlier, the reason this show is on earlier is because A, it's WrestleMania week, and B, I didn't think I could make it to midnight, never mind start a show. <laughs> so, that's that. Anyway, yeah, the Usos bar, Nakamura, Rusev, Ricochet, and Alistair Black. This is another one where each team kind of has their decent momentum. But as you saw last year, this because last normally on each card, I'll give one match the impossible to be shit <laughs> kind of moniker. As in, I can't book this badly because there's no way WWE could possibly book this badly because it's going to be good. I gave that last year to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match of the Usos, New Day, and uh, Bludgeon Brothers. Because the way that had been built and the incredible year that the Usos and the, the rivalry of the Usos and New Day had had, it was just like, how is this match going to be bad? They are going to reward them for their incredible year. Oh, shit. No, they didn't. Four minutes. <laughs> You've got four minutes for the entire match. Cool. <laughs> oh, I just did a weird sniff thing. I'll take a second. Hmm. All right. Yeah. They gave them four minutes last year, so that is your template. <laughs> the way to make these this SmackDown Tag Team Championship really not that grand or memorable is, again, four minutes, and you've got an extra team. <laughs> so we kind of give them one more minute to make it five? Uh, no. Your match is four minutes. Oh, okay, five, but that first minute is entrances, so you've got to overlap them as well <laughs> to make each person feel that little bit less important. <laughs> so each person gets, like, 25 seconds. That's not right, that's not time. I'm working that to 100. Each person gets 15 seconds. God, doesn't even work. Especially if there's Arthur Black and Ricochet. They're going to get the, the new sound effects they've put on. I'm, I'm only one that thinks they're really shit. <laughs> Those new sound effects. Uh, especially Arthur Black's, where it's just the creaking. That, that <laughs> The uh, really bad B-movie coffin opening noise. It's just like, my immediate thought was, oh, he's not a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that's all, all that kind of thing here. Like, oh, is he waking up like that because he's a vampire? No. He's a goth. <laughs> he's not a vampire. Uh, anyway, I guess he's a vampire now and Ricochet's a superhero. I'm not, don't be... Plan misunderstood me on Twitter because he thought they'd added sound effects to their matches and I was like, actually, if they're making them like superheroes, why not go all the way? <laughs> Add those sound effects to their matches like a when Ricochet flies or like a <laughs> Must be like a come on, like whack. <laughs> with that Alice to Black's fate to black because that will that's the only way to make that that move just as devastating just to really get that like oh he's down he's out no, he's not going back from that one it's just add a little whack <laughs> to it oh, like a comic book movie yeah go full on into it put the sound effects on why not debut them here oh, that's good. I just remembered that WrestleMania has got all mentioned reality or oh, what can we do with superheroes and all made in reality They've not done mid-match augmented reality, especially with so many people in the crowd who wouldn't be able to see it. They have to look at the screen so they know what on earth is going on. Uh, oh, please. <laughs> especially in a match where I've already limited it to four minutes, you're going to have to rush through absolutely everything and then suddenly there's a huge augmented reality spot. <laughs> oh, that would be so awful. <laughs> but it's genius. It's brilliant. But what would it... If you have to involve Ricochet and Arthur Black... But maybe Alistair Black summons a demon and it eats the bar <laughs> or electrocutes the bar or someone and, and they got the fire comes out of the ring post. Oh, just bash the microphone. Sorry for killing uh, your earphones. Yeah. Alice, yeah, Alistair Black summons a demon. <laughs> uh, Ricochet summons a, his inner strength. I don't know. He's, he's just 
finding he's in a fit. <laughs> yeah, some of the demon. The demon then uses his electric powers, or his fire powers, on the bar, on the bar that sell it. Like ah, it's with the hands up, kind of screaming, like they're being electrocuted. Ah, and they fall down, collapse. Ricochet hits his finisher. Hooray! <laughs> I'm actually having Alison Black and Ricochet win, which is very likely. However. I'm assuming it's not going to involve augmented reality demons. <laughs> but fingers crossed, you never know. It's only an amount of time until they use it in a match. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's going to happen eventually. Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> if I wasn't doing this show on medication, it would have been very different. <laughs> yeah, so your winners, Alistair Black and Ricochet by Augmented Demon. <laughs> oh, I got invented for that one. Next up. A more standard match. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for Samoa Joe's United States Championship. So when I when this match was announced, it was kind of on the end tail of the um, like the things involving our truth and Mustafa Ali would in there a little bit of CNL match as well. So I just assumed this match was going to be a clusterfuck. Now loads of guys doing a thing. This could have been the ladder match, but it wasn't. That's just what I assumed. However. It's just Rey Mysterio Samoa Joe. It's been hyped up as Rey Mysterio's first uh, singles match in WrestleMania since, was it 2010? It's been quite a while. So they hyped it up in that manner. Oh, wait, it could have been against Cody Rhodes in 2011. Oh, that was a good match. If that's it, was Big Show. <laughs> I think that was a good match. I think that's what I'm thinking of. With Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes had the uh, mask, and it, it was, oh, he was so good in that gimmick. Cody Rhodes got crap gimmick after crap gimmick. He got over and over every time, and then just gave him a new shit gimmick. <laughs> it was his, his, his mate, like the perfect test of WWE to see, let's see what can get over. <laughs> Cody Rhodes did it all, and then left because they kept giving him shit gimmicks. Anyway, Samoa Joe made Mysterio. Why am I talking about Cody? Yeah. So, uh, Samoa Joe's first WrestleMania against Rey Mysterio's maybe last or maybe. I don't know, he's in amazing shape. I don't know if he's doing much live, sh- live circuit stuff, but uh, maybe, I don't know if he's like a... I know uh, in the late noughties, Shawn Michaels had a kind of contract where he wasn't really working house shows, but he was on TV every single week, so it could be that for Mysterio, it could be... Uh... Anyway, but this is Mojo's first. So this for me, this is my first heel victory, definite. There's no real way about it. So Mojo's winning... So for me, the worst case scenario is Rey Mysterio winning easily, making Samoa Joe look like a chump. <laughs> Samoa Joe, for me, is so awesome and could be such an amazing main event guy. But I feel like in-ring-wise, he's showed that with AJ Styles. It's just that the writing was WWE bollocks. <laughs> Where, like, on television, the best thing to come out of that rivalry was Wendy, or hello, Wendy. <laughs> I prefer my version. It's Samoa Joe with the hello, Wendy, with all that stuff. That, yeah... I don't know. It came off the back of the Nakamura AJ Styles dick kick battle, which was just like, you've got AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. Why is the story that they're kicking each other's dicks? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> but yeah, so I'm expect this could be like the mid card match, which is just really fun and you really enjoy, uh, or it could get like no time and one of them squashes them. So that's my worst case scenario. Rey Mysterio hardly, hardly or doesn't get a move in and Rey Mysterio destroys him. Maybe in an echo of the Rey Mysterio-JBL match from WrestleMania 25 where JBL talks all this big game and then Mysterio just squashes him and wins the belt, JBL quits. I'm not expecting Samojo to quit. I'm not going to do my worst case scenario of Samojo quitting. However, if Rey Mysterio does beat him in easy time and Samojo just gets squashed, then for me that's like a huge, 
In terms of character-destroying momentum, that is pretty big for Samoa Joe. <laughs> to go from that AJ Styles match to just... Like AJ Styles was big competitors from this year. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe, where they moved both guys to this kind of top world title feuds, to then have both guys looking like chumps on the main card. Again, I only gave him a minute in that other match. I didn't even say what happened to them. Because <laughs> who cares? They get a minute in, and they're super kicked out by the Usos or something. But anyway, uh, so worst case scenario, maybe do squash, squashes Samoa Joe, easy, one, two, three, maybe it's a minute long. Reality for me, this should be quite an entertaining match. I feel like Samoa Joe would win. For me, that's the heel thing to do for that. Uh, Rey Mysterio put somebody over in his later years. That's what I'm expecting. But it is WWE, and they might have Mysterio win. Or, if, uh, we, have, if we have Kurt Angle, Baron Corbin on beforehand, it could be the babyface wins out of these two matches, of uh, the Angle match and Mysterio match. One of them's winning, not both. So if one has... One, whichever one comes first, might give you an indicator of what's happening in the other one. <laughs> I didn't mean to do dramatic pause. Yeah, that's what was going to happen. Right, next up. I'm looking at the time click down again. Oh, I'm blasting through all these, but I've still got loads to go. <laughs> Doesn't matter how quickly I blast through these. Uh, so, that one was quite a boring one, but yeah, you got your augmented demon in the last one. <laughs> you need a coming down match after that. <laughs> uh, right, The Miz versus Shane McMahon. Actually, I haven't just realised, if I've done my augmented demon match and then this one is only a minute long and Mysterio squashes him, it's just like, <laughs> it's like so random. It's <laughs> just blasting through stuff. And then we get to The Miz versus Shane McMahon in a false count anywhere match. Shane McMahon, get your jumping boots on. Because <laughs> you're jumping off something. So I don't know enough about MetLife to know what Shane McMahon could be jumping off. All I remember is the WrestleMania set from last year where they had the bridge and the Statue of Liberty. I, I thought it was a really cool set. This year, like, recently, they've been really on it with their sets. Like, I, I really like the mask thing from last year, and I really liked the uh, roller coaster stuff at WrestleMania 33. But the star was fine in Dallas. That was just a WrestleMania where everyone was negative going in anyway, because <laughs> of the whole Reigns, Reigns booking was just so not good. <laughs> anyway, so... It, it depends on the set. <laughs> like, if they have something where Shane McMahon could blatantly climb and jump off of it, then he's doing it there. But there's a reason this match is false count anywhere. Or it could take a note from Triple H and Undertaker from WrestleMania 17, back in 2001, where they kind of balled into the crowd and there was a structure kind of set up for them to choke that onto. And then they showed a camera shot of Triple H landing on the blue pads, completely destroying... Because it was like an awesome shot <laughs> on like a uh, construction that had been built for the show. And um, to take a choke slams him off of it. And like, oh my God, he's killed him. And then they showed an angle where he lands on the blue mat. It's like, why did you show that angle? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, but they could do that. Brought it to the crowd onto the setup. Take a note from that and show the padding. So to prove Shane McMahon is fine. <laughs> or whatever. But it's odd that he's the heel. But he's jumping off of something. And he's the heel. So I don't quite know how they're going to work that into a Miz pot. Did he move? <laughs> Not thought this through. Oh, Shane McMahon, finally, in his desire to just completely destroy the Miz, just goes too far, and that's the end of Shane McMahon. Nah, they won't do that. He's coming back next year, isn't he? Oh, I was about to blow my nose, and I remember you don't want to listen to that. <laughs> right. So, worst case scenario for this one. 
guess what I said would be pretty standard. Oi, T. Shane McMahon jumping off of something and the Miz counters him and just stops him every time. And the match feels like he should be cheering for Shane <laughs> when he shouldn't. <laughs> Shane for Miz. I don't care about the story. <laughs> That's the biggest issue here. They're probably going to have Miz Dad or what does Shane McMahon call him? Potato Face? Was it? Potato Face Dad? <laughs> Potato Dad. Potato Face, or whatever it was. Yeah, Shane McMahon, I've wasted way too much time on that. <laughs> yeah, the reality is he's probably going to get his own back and punch Shane McMahon or something, and that leads to the victory. However, if you then if you instead book the match as if it's like a normal Shane McMahon, he's going to do something crazy, but then the Miz stops him every time, and that's kind of like, why are you stopping him from seeing this thing we want? And he's meant to be the baby face, and eventually the Miz does a big counter, and he wins. And the crowd's like, but it's his fourth count anywhere, and Shane... Shane McMahon's meant to jump off a thing. <laughs> then he doesn't jump off a thing. Now I'm disappointed. Uh, yeah, that's my prediction. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a prone candidate for please tweet me a good worst case scenario. Because <laughs> that, yeah, reach me on Twitter at the damn Impacat because I'm really struggling to come up with something for that on where he could jump off literally anything. And I'm like, well, the worst case scenario he doesn't jump off anything. <laughs> and he treat the guy stopping him as the baby face. And the crowd will get confused and it'll be brilliant. Hooray! Screw story. <laughs> well, you don't address the story there. Uh, so, aside from the Miz getting his own back, from the McMahon, I guess. Anyway, next up the Intercontinental Championship as Bobby Lashley, joined by Lil Diddy Leah Rush versus the Demon Finn Balor. So, it's not Balor. Not standard pop in his collar like last year. We are properly getting a demon entrance at WrestleMania, so that is cool. Uh, there is, I'm trying to think of a worst case scenario here. Ooh, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I was thinking it was a bit of a, a risk. If you if that is the face paint he's wearing, my immediate thought, oh, there's a bit of a risk if it's the stuff around the eyes runs and he looked like he's wearing blackface. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> or it would. Well, the, all the colours will mix, and it won't look like, like that at all. Who can I've used that as an accident, accidental, quite good analogy for everyone getting on. <laughs> like the colours will mix, and everything will be fine. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, uh, I need to start again. I need to get out of the well. <laughs> Give me a letter, please. Right, so the demon Finn Balor, if his face paint doesn't run, and it's all fine, uh, or he puts a more different colours on it just to not risk it. <laughs> and he faces uh, Bobby Lashley, just a weird dancey thing. I think that's a big thing is a lot of people don't really like the demon because he doesn't act any more different to Finn Balor. Like he does his weird mannerisms on his way down and he's been protected massively. Like he doesn't lose. Uh, thanks. Thank you to Dave Finichow for uh, pointing that out maybe over a year ago. I can't breathe. <laughs> maybe over a year ago uh, pointing out the demon's really well protected and just doesn't lose. So... Yeah, <laughs> that's, why I'm, that's why I'm like, this could be Finn Balor kind of big moment winning on the Grand Stage of WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley's already done it. Not in the way that anyone would want you to remember. <laughs> but he's done it. <laughs> Bobby Lashley, he's won on the WrestleMania stage. So, this will be Finn Balor's moment. The Demon will win. It'll reign supreme. But the worst case scenario, that means that Bobby Lashley has to win. That means the Demon is... Useless. I don't want to make the worst case scenario the paint runners. <laughs> that's, too, that's too dangerous an area for me to enter, especially when I'm ill and baby's not working. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So, Bobby Lashley, 
I don't have, I have no idea how much of that you heard. I just realised I was speaking into my hand. <laughs> so, a, a pro podcaster I am. So, worst case scenario, Bobby Lashley wins. And he just wins. He don't need Leo Rush. He can be chirping up ringside the entire match, being lo- nice and loud and vocal, getting on your nerves a little bit. It doesn't shut up. Uh, Bobby Lashley wins with a spear. No, you don't even get the... Do- oh, no. He, the, the finisher he's using when he came. Oh, the spear's too impactful. The one where he elevates them and just holds them there and falls backwards. The uh, stalling, suplexy kind of thing. Yeah, that could be his finisher. And he wins. And then he's like, oh, well, the demon wasn't very good, was he? <laughs> Well, that could be, and if the commentator is saying, oh, well, the demon didn't really help him at all there, did he? Like, no, big man won. That's the lesson here. It doesn't matter if the demon, the demon is the demon of Finn Balor. There's a massive alter ego. If uh, Bobby Lashley just suplexes him and wins. <laughs> That's the end of that. It's kind of boring. Or the demon could get distracted by Leo Rush and gets counted out. <laughs> and then, then the story is, oh, the demon is wild and cannot be tamed. Hence why he forgot the rules of the countout and decided to go for Leo Rush over Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I'll go with that. Finn Balor loses because he's the demon. <laughs> it cannot be controlled. And the second person being there really confused the demon. And <laughs> the demon went over there after the wrong guy. Just to add, add, add a confusing element that's not necessary. <laughs> that's just, we'll, speak, we'll get to that in the main event. <laughs> confusing things that are not necessary. But yes, in addition to the character of the demon that he cannot be tamed. And that is also a bad thing, <laughs> meaning if it gets rules sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's a separating from Finn Balor, because that's not what the demon's meant to be anyway, but to make it a pure, different supernatural entity where, like, where Kane didn't know he was being Kane. Oh, <laughs> you do that with Finn and the demon. Oh, that. It's not, he's not me. Oh, yeah. I think that's unnecessary. <laughs> and that'll be where, that'll be kind of bad. Uh, and he loses because of it as well. When really this is going to be Finn Balor's moment. There is a better way to do it. I've not used the proverbial uh, bone Corbin banana, <laughs> which out of context sounds weird. But someone came up on a different show with Ash from Wrestling Shorts, where the running storyline with Baron Corbin was he kept slipping on bananas at ringside. Oh, what we like. And he couldn't win the matches because he kept slipping on bananas at rings. Oh, and the storyline became him overcoming the banana. I think I only booked that earlier this year. Like, he overcomes the banana and defeats it. He doesn't eat it, he just defeats it. That'd be gross. It's banana on the floor. <laughs> but, yeah, this time, no, doesn't not, not needed. Oh, I think I'm ready to move on. Uh, well, this is really the final four stretch, and I'm realising I'm getting towards an hour on the counter. So this is a good time for me to have my second ad break. Uh, hopefully I remember to put the ads in <laughs> when he was showing up honestly. Anyway, so uh, I'll be back in about five seconds on the show with the big four matches of this pay-per-view. Gonna drink some water. Right, see you in a few seconds. In a bit of That's why you don't do shows ill on medication because you say things like in a bizzle. <laughs> I apologise to every listener. <laughs> ah. Right, no holds barred, Batista Triple H. Let's do this. <laughs> With the uh, classic, give me what I want. Give me what I want. <laughs> now, I realised earlier, being ill, you're doing much better Nixon with your sore throat. Right? Oh, right for the next right, 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 right. <laughs> no. ah. I thought it was good. <laughs> no idea how that translates on radio. Uh, anyway, 
don't know why I did it. But yeah, give me what I want. Give me what I want. Batista versus Triple H. No holds barred. Hollywood Batista, we do not deserve him. Uh, I thought Batista was, like, for me, my personal favourite version of Batista was uh, heel Batista at the end of his run in WWE, like uh, 2009 2010. That was my favourite Batista. I thought he was awesome in that. Like, uh, every week on more, he was brilliant. And Hollywood Batista is either better or he's like just as good. Oh, yeah, just heel Batista. Like, Hollywood Batista's been great. It feels like he had a lot of rain on how he presents. I can't say it. A lot of rain on how he presents himself and how the, the way that his segments have been shot feel a lot more collaborated with, I guess, the talent themselves feel like <laughs> it feels like Batista's had input, even if he's not. Because Bruce Pritchard brought on around the same time, so I don't know how much he's been involved. But Batista feels like he's had a lot of influence on this stuff, and it's been very to the point, aside from the memes to death, give me what I want stuff. <laughs> but this, like this, this week and more, I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Batista coming out and saying uh, something like, "I'm going to kick your ass." I forgot what it was. <laughs> Whatever he said, it was cool. He took off his, put his sunglasses back on. He's like, "I'm a badass. I'm going to walk away." And the crowd were like, "Yeah." So this match, very likely. Could be a walk and brawl. <laughs> That's what I'm expecting. Out of the ring in under 30 seconds and just full on brawling everywhere. Accidentally mirroring Miz versus McMahon a little bit. So, just to make this one feel a little bit less special. <laughs> We've already seen it earlier. But yes, uh, but, uh, I'm trying to figure out what the worst case scenario is for this because Batista was saying if he wins, he's retiring anyway, and he wants WrestleMania to be his last match, he's retiring on his terms. But he's also going to end Triple H's career. That's the other stipulation. Why have I not put that on the thing? Yeah, Triple H loses, his career's over. So I'm going to split mine. Do you have the heel Batista win, even though he's losing? And this is Triple H's last match, which feels like it's not quite right. Or, do you have Triple H win and defeat the villain? To which, like, no one's... No, who's going to cheer for that? <laughs> it's really weird. Batista's been great since he's come back in his heel role. And even though they've made him his massive heel, I don't, he's not getting booed at WrestleMania. Triple H very well could. This is a confusing thing. It's stuff. <laughs> it's hard to do this, but I can't. But yeah, because with Batista, it's hard. My personal thing that I wrote down was that Batista could defeat Triple H. And the thing with WWE, no one trusts them in continuity anyway. So Triple H shows up next year Anyway, <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, do do we? Do, do you really care <laughs> that Triple H lost this match? Will be the way it's presented. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But how does Batista defeat Triple H in this mighty full way? Oh, I mean, with a walk and brawl, you're guaranteed a sledgehammer, you're guaranteed maybe tables or chairs or announced table spot or whatever. So it's kind of weird figure out how this match will be bad because no holds barred could just be because normally when I do no holds barred matches on worst case scenarios I just go yeah maybe you get stuff teased but you never follow through with it because <laughs> it's the remember the uh, Bray Wyatt match where you set the table on fire and then it's like oh it's, it's PG WWE no one can go through that table <laughs> it's the it's the Chekhov's gun but then you then the gun that's when the gun just leaves <laughs> that's that gone they like set it up and everything. You're like, oh, someone's going to get shot. Then the person with the gun just leaves. And you're like, right, then. <laughs> That's the end of that. 
Yeah. <laughs> really boring thing. So you could do that with this one. Set loads of stuff up, but nothing. You like, take the top off the announce table. Like, oh, we did it. No, okay. And they're always oh, set up a table in the. Oh, no. Oh, Triple H does this creepy elevation thing with his sledgehammer. Oh, no, he does, never gets to use it. <laughs> Falls at me because I'm Batista punching him or something. But in the end, Batista just wins with a powerbomb. One, two, three. Oh, roll up. Oh, uh, cheeky roll up. That's the end of Triple H's career. Do a whole sadness music. <laughs> you don't have to do live music there and then. Or, with the augmented reality, the Guardians of the Galaxy show up. <laughs> That's my other scenario. <laughs> but he just stands there, painted like Drax, which I thought would be awesome a few weeks ago. Not sure now. <laughs> but yeah, there's the Guardians of the Galaxy. Augmented reality right there. Or it's the actors of the room. Oh, I don't know. Oh, this is very difficult. Well, I can't. You know what? I'm going to mute the audio and blow my nose, because there's no way I can actually do three more matches, because like, I can't breathe. Right. I'm going to beat the audio. I'll be back in five seconds. I have to remind myself this is not an ad break. <laughs> it's just a blow my nose break. Right. See you in five seconds. Hopefully that works. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't breathe. It was horrible. Oh, it's a good clock up really quickly. <laughs> okay. Next up, I'm moving on now. I'm bored. Uh, the three big matches. Right, here we go. The main event. Should have done these at the start before I died and fatigued. First up, it's the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. So let's get this out of the way first, because like, the worst case scenario for this one is the <laughs> it's the most difficult one to navigate, especially when base not working right. So, in terms of booking this badly, luckily it's quite simple. Daniel Bryan retained. And I've seen a few people saying Kofi puts in a good performance, that's that. However, for me, not taking in a massive context. So took part one of context. Ah, uh, no, it's me with that. But one of context. <laughs> Booker T, Triple H, WrestleMania 2003, where uh, Triple H cut the essentially racist promo and then won. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> context number two. An African-American has never walked out of WrestleMania with the championship. They have walked, have been African-American champions walking in, but one has never walked out. So, which is to think that this is WrestleMania 35 and it's never happened. This they've got they've got the opportunity to do this and I do this and I can't believe WWE would pass up on that and the opportunity to essentially write that and they go no I'm just going to make him look good but Danny Bryan's going to retain him in a different way it's like but you've never had an African American leave champion surely uh, leave a WWE champion sorry so surely <laughs> it's going to happen here right. <sighs> So this one, I have to go against that. <laughs> I have to go with the idea that they're going to pass up on that opportunity and have Daddy Bryan retain. Yeah, which means he also has to do it in the most underwhelming manner. It can't be like a huge momentum thing and everybody's exchanging and Kofi Kingston looks strong in defeat. No, Kofi Kingston's got to look crap in defeat. <laughs> the thing of Daddy Bryan saying he's nothing but a B-plus player. Daddy Bryan was right. He knows everything about a B-plus player. He, it takes one to be one. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. So the most underwhelming manner, like like a roll-up or a Rowan DQ or a count-out or Kofi taps at the first label lock attempt. <laughs> Something the fun, fun like that. <laughs> Just immediate tap-out with like no work he'd done it beforehand. And I could maybe celebrate Daniel Bryan doing all these yes stuff. <laughs> to be fair, if Daniel Bryan did win, this would be the only time I'd be finally doing the yes stuff. 
because that would be kind of an awesome contrast between WrestleMania 30 and this one, or like last year, this year as well. So like the whole crowd are doing the yes chant, and then this year when Danny Bye's doing the yes chant, it's just nothing but booze. Look at that thunderous booze. So yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Danny Bye, Kofi Kingston. It looks like. No, no. Do I give Kofi Kingston any offense? I could give him, like, offense where he doesn't actually do a move. Like, he attempts offense and they both have nice exchanges and Kofi looks cool and, and stuff. And matching up against Danny Bryan, but doesn't actually hit a proper offense. He could do that. Or he could have Danny Bryan just dominate and just, you feel like Kofi Kingston is going to get his comeuppance and just doesn't. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh. The other thing is I've seen a few people call the chance of a uh, big E heel turn. Which I feel like it needs to be hinted at for a lot longer for it to really work. But I'm coming from a world where I'm kind of getting into New Japan. or not getting into New Japan. I've been watching it for five years. <laughs> I mean, with New, whenever I watch New Japan, I feel like WWE stories are told way too quickly. And an amazing example is the Omega and Ibushi story, where when they did a whole joining up thing, but the one example for me was uh, their way of subtly hinting at something which may come down the line. Well, because people were excited for a potential Wrestle Kingdom match because of one look. And WWE, for me, but they, can't, they don't just turn Biggie heel. For me, they have to do what happened with Obushi and Omega. So when Omega won the heavyweight championship in the amazing 2 out of 3 fours match against Kazushika Okada, they're lifting, uh, the Young Bucks lifted up Kenny Omega. And whilst that was happening, Kota Ibushi was also celebrating, but he was having a right strong goal call at that championship. He was oogling that championship. <laughs> he was he was looking at it. And people got excited for a potential Ibushi Omega match at Wrestle Kingdom because of that one look. For me, yeah, WWE, if it's going to turn Big E heel, they'll have to do that first. I've got another tangent. This has got not much to do with it. <laughs> but if they are turning Big E heel, first they need to do the hints and not just go, oh, surprise heel turn. It's like, no, I prefer the emotional turn of Big E thinking about it. And then he does it regardless anyway. I feel like that's the only slight issue with Ambrose and Rollins was that they they needed to tease it a little bit longer. They were teasing it perfectly fine, but then they wanted to do the turn, get the shield stuff out of the way. Uh, turns out that was a good decision because the leukemia stuff halted, would have halted anything. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so... Let's go back to the match. <laughs> yeah, just sort of find a nice, smooth transition back to it, but no, nope, not happening. So worst case scenario, Daniel Bryan retains. Uh, just yeah, Kofi does. He try. He gets a little bit of offense, but no proper moves or anything. Uh, Daniel Bryan reverses all of them, obviously, because he's the most skilled competitor. Kofi is just a B plus player, and then Daniel Bryan wins. Hooray! And just to make matters, oh, should I do that? Yeah. <laughs> just to make matters worse, the commentators are talking about oh that uh, maybe Kofi's talents did have a glass ceiling after all, or something like that, just to really. Uh, not to just really piss off people. <laughs> it doesn't really like, what are you trying to say there, Michael? <laughs> what are you trying to... So yeah, yeah, I decided to end that with subtle uh, racism dig. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Why have I done that? Oh, I spent way too long photoshopping that image and I've gone crazy. <laughs> that's what happened. Oh. So yes, worst case scenario, Daniel Bryan wins. Kofi Kingston just looks weak in defeat, and then they have a subtle race jag at the end of it. Hey! <laughs> worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. You got, again, the worst case scenario, the worst ones are the ones that kind of hit your gut. It's like, oh, that's awful if that happens. <laughs> that's the, the punch in the gut that everyone's looking for. 
I've just remembered. I've completely forgotten about Elias's musical performance. Wait, a special guest person will turn up. Could be John Cena, or could not be. I don't know. Just I, I like surprises like that. I don't like to speculate with uh, stuff like that on such a big scale. I like to kind of leave it open and what ooh, what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, the penultimate match of the night. And I'm going to say immediately, I only blew my nose like four minutes ago. It's a copy again. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, this show has been a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> Pills wearing off. Right. WWE Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Boring answer. Standard Suplex City match, Lesnar wins. That's your boring worst case scenario. That's part one. Just you're expecting Seth Rollins to get in there, do a good, strong performance. But no, most boring one is just you get a standard Suplex City match. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh yeah, it's what Lesnar, isn't it? Uh, so that's part A. <laughs> Option B for my worst case scenario. Uh, for me, this is the more interesting one, which requires a little bit more of inventiveness. Maybe not on the level of augmented demons. <laughs> we'll see where this goes. Uh, my more interesting answer for worst case scenario, Dean Ambrose interferes in the match and screws over Seth Rollins. He then celebrates afterwards seemingly joining up with Paul Heyman and also seemingly setting up a major angle. But Dean's leaving. <laughs> so nothing will ever come of it. No answers will ever be gotten. Why, Dean? Why? Because wrestling. <laughs> That cap got it in. <laughs> because of wrestling. Uh, I've tried to get one in. <laughs> one because. Because wrestling. <laughs> trying to get one in to this show. Uh, especially if we're one month away from Eurovision. <laughs> with the with the site thing of because Eurovision. <laughs> That's why. Uh, no, the majority of this is American. Why am I making that reference? <laughs> anyway, so that is my big, my worst case scenario. Is Seth Rollins gets screwed over by Dean Ambrose, reverting all the way back to when Dean Ambrose turned heel, and he toys up, jo- toys up, he joins up with Heyman and Lesnar. See, he's setting up a thing where he's with those two, uh, because he's leaving, so you never get any answers. <laughs> so he just he turns heel, and it's this massive thing, and then he, he, just, he just have to drop it and move on because he's he's leaving. So what can he do? <laughs> That's the end of that. Uh, yep. <laughs> That's the note Ambrose leads the WWE on. Screwing over Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins doesn't get an answer. That's my worst case scenario. Realistically, <laughs> this is one that seems to have split a few people because of the whole Shield thing was kind of great at the time and the, and the one more time thing did, or one last time, was an awesome moment. But Seth Rollins' momentum for this match died down a bit in that time. Because in that time, Kofi Kingston has rose to the stratosphere the Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ron Rousey feud just got so much TV time and story stuff. It wasn't all good, but they got so much attention that their feud has been made to feel like it's a big deal. Whilst Lesnar Rollins is only addressed on the side every now and then. So it feels like the least, the match with the least motivation, least momentum, sorry, going into it. So there's been a bit of a kind of falling off of does Lesnar, does Lesnar actually have to lose here? Could he hold on to uh, Crown Jewel and maybe drop to their remains? But for me, I'm incorporating. WWE using this show as truly the kickoff moment for their new era. If they do that, Lesnar has to lose. <laughs> he cannot stay champion. <laughs> like Lesnar turning up again ahead of the cell was the reason that the Doc Chad Matthews stopped watching WWE. 
he didn't just stop watching WWE. He right, I'm gonna have to end the podcast. <laughs> the doc says stop airing the what the doc writes. What was it called? I read them all week, <laughs> all week, every week. <laughs> yeah, every single day when I come back, I only read the doc. I have to go back to his old columns because he doesn't post regularly enough. <laughs> but no, not a thing. I don't do that. But yeah. That's the point of some one of one of us here in Laws of Pain reached a breaking point just because Brock Lesnar showed up again. Just when he thought he'd moved past him with Roman Reigns defeating him at SummerSlam, turned up again at Hell in a Cell to set up the Crown uh, Jewel event. Hooray! So because <laughs> that's why my worst case scenario is Brock Lesnar retaining in kind of a manner like that, just because that means you've got the Saudi Arabia show in May. Which means, as I say every single week, I'm not looking forward to having to write another column on this. I like fun, silly things. <laughs> at, least, at least things where I can just blab a lot about wrestling without having to get serious, like I did this week with John Oliver. This week, I wanted to do like a, a jokey worst case scenario, like a fun preview, like a positive preview, like uh, Suzanne did a positive preview last weekend. I wanted to do something like that. Instead, I was Googling UK Monopoly laws. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. <laughs> Uh, I did a, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> I ended up doing something way more serious <laughs> than it was. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I won't get into any of that. That's a huge tangent. Read my column. Uh, it was on uh, last week tonight with John Oliver on his stuff in WWE, and I posted a column the next day. Yeah, thank you, Ed Dude McIntyre, for retweeting it with the kind words of uh, how it seemingly fit your opinion. But, yeah, Dude McIntyre, a commentator in Australia. So, <laughs> been vindicated by. An Australian manager's commentary stuff. I, I meant to be more uppity and yeah about that, but I just couldn't breathe again. <laughs> I just died. But yes, Brock Lesnar, for me, the new era doesn't start if Brock Lesnar keeps that title. And neither does my interest, because keep in mind, WWE are in an era where they're trying to win back fans' trust or trying to get you back to watching. So in terms of someone like me, who hardly watches Monday Night Raw, for example, anymore, what part of Brock Lesnar retaining is going to make me want to tune in again? Especially when I'm talking about this new era. Like, what part of that does, that doesn't do that? <laughs> if anything, it's like, well, same old shit, shit, why am I going to tune in? So, yeah. Oh, I started moaning. It's meant to be fun and silly. Brock Lesnar retains. <laughs> Dean Ambrose screws Steph Rollins over and that's his leaving note. Yeah. <laughs> but that, no. Rollins, uh, no, sorry, Ambrose might interfere in the Drew McIntyre match, but that's probably the peak chance. The, for me, the realistic thing is they're probably just not going to book him and he's going to leave. That's why Reigns wasn't able to get him to do stuff. Yeah. And that brings us to the main event. Don't worry, if your ability to breathe is just on the horizon. <laughs> oh, hold back, hold back. <laughs> Right. The main event. Uh, the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships are on the line. As Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey defends against SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair and Royal Rumble winner Becky Lynch. <sighs> right. This one is interesting. I've just remembered I wrote a really convoluted thing in this. We're doing like a big kind of prediction thing on lots of pain with all of the economists. So we're, yeah, we're essentially doing that. And I can't remember which one that Sam posted it in. But we're going to be doing. A, uh, a big a big collab thing all together. Here we go, I found it. So we're doing a big collab thing together, like a super economist collab, and I've written my things in there. I've just remembered I wrote a really convoluted kind of 
retreading of the uh, triple threat thing. Here we go, I found it. So, I'll, I'll start with the, I'll just read the entire thing. I'll start with the quote that I put at the start, which was from Becky Lynch. I've kind of rehashed it a bit. Uh, this time last year, Charlotte was champion and Ronda Rousey was set to make her debut at WrestleMania. It was as if everything was in place for them to main event this year. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> that was obviously until we got to this storyline that happened. Storyline in quotation marks because it's so convoluted and like, what, what's going on? <laughs> so that was until the man came around, punched Charlotte in the face, took it to Rousey, got bloodied by Nia, became SmackDown Women's Champion, lost the title, won the Rumble Challenge, Ronda got suspended, replaced by Charlotte, unsuspended, injured, willed as a crutch, declared unfit, competed anyway, got back in the match because of Rousey, oh, and SmackDown, oh, shit! <laughs> oh, made it to the final line. <laughs> oh. Got back into the match because of Rousey, and oh, Charlotte's now SmackDown Women's Champion, and that title's on the line as well. Uh, a nice and simple road to WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, right. Try saying that in one breath. Your friends will be impressed. <laughs> I failed, so... Oh, sorry, I'm a queen. I failed this, did <laughs> That was... Oh, I'll give it a good go. Oh, don't care anymore. Failed on the last line. No, the entire segment's dead to me. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> but point being, like this could have been a nice and simple kind of road and I've not even mentioned the McMahons. I mentioned the McMahons a little bit in the whole thing, and I've not mentioned Ronda Rousey dropping the title, but then the week after the video, that she didn't drop the title, she was just making a point. <laughs> like, this is so difficult to keep track of. And then this week, they were arrested and then released the next day, which, again, why? Who called the police? <laughs> I thought I'd let that hang. <laughs> like, why were the police even doing that? Who called them? For what? It's wrestling. Why would wrestlers wrestle? I don't understand. <laughs> right. Which this brings me to how to book this match. And uh, after seeing a hilarious Twitter post, this was, I want to say it's about a month ago, so I've not been able to find it. I didn't like it, unfortunately, as it on Twitter. I, lo- I liked it in real life, <laughs> but on the internet, I didn't click the button to say like, so it's not on my list. I can't remember who tweeted it. But somebody tweeted an amazing thing of... Uh, like the way to make this super complicated or it's just like something they wanted to do and they've taken it going, no, that's bad. But the way, for my worst case scenarios, I've decided that they should at the last minute, let's make this even more complicated. It's not convoluted enough, guys. This has to be even more convoluted. So I've inserted pin conditions for each individual wrestler. So that even though the, so you put it as the titles are on the line, However, depending on which individual pins which opponent, you get a different result of who then becomes champion. So, <laughs> hopefully you've got it after Ronda, but I'll do it for all three of them. So, if Ronda pins Becky Lynch, she retains the Raw Women's Championship. But if Ronda pins Charlotte, she becomes a double champion. If Charlotte pins Becky, she retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. But if Charlotte pins Ronda, I mean Ronda for some reason, <laughs> Charlotte pins Ronda, <laughs> Charlotte pins Ronda, she becomes a double champion. And if Becky Lynch pins Valzi or Charlotte, she becomes a double champion regardless of who she pins. <laughs> <That's> a... <coughs> so if the champions don't, if champions pin Becky, they retain their title. But if they pin the other champion, they become a double champion. <laughs> Just to make it a little bit more convoluted, like the different pins lead to completely different situations at the end. 
like, oh, this, it's not complex enough. Just to let you know, I said that with a tone of excitement of uh, what could happen with those stipulations, but I'm, no, <laughs> this should not be a thing. <laughs> it would be shit. <laughs> just to add on top of it, like, no, just whether we become a double champion. Don't convolute it like this, please. <laughs> I'm taking the piss out of the convoluted nature of the match by making uh, of the build by making the match itself as equally convoluted. <laughs> so you got different scenarios. But in my scenario, we are not forgetting that Ronda Rousey made her video uh, she put out online with her husband, saying that after WrestleMania she will be leaving WWE. So you got to keep that in mind for this match. So in reality, that means you cross off Ronda winning and she's a big mega heel threatening to leave as champion or whatever. That yeah, We've seen how that can work really well in the past. In my world, though, that makes her a huge candidate to actually win. Because <laughs> that means if she wins, then you essentially have vacated both titles. Hooray! <laughs> you can do a storyline thing or she's taken both of those titles so you reveal a new title, which is just a unified thing between both SmackDown and Raw, so it's just a single title instead of Becky Two Belts. <laughs> so that's probably going to be signed, right? Becky Two Belts? Uh, I don't know. She might say that. But anyway, so in my world, Charlotte doesn't win because she's a full-time person. Becky doesn't win because she's got too much momentum. Got to take down that momentum. So in order to do that, Valdi wins, becomes a double champion, all in spite of the fact that she's leaving after WrestleMania. But the main key part is Valdi only wins because of her husband's interference. Go women! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Valzi only wins because a man won it for her. And I think that is the perfect note for the first women's WrestleMania main event to just take a note from the first women's Money in the Bank match. <laughs> Where, <laughs> like, if you weren't listening to my show back then, uh, I had Ashley Messing shorts on, and he jokingly predicted that James Ellsworth would win the first women's Money in the Bank ladder match. And that actually happened. <laughs> that was actually a thing. Oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> oh. uh, at the time, I was like, <laughs> that's, just, that's just so stupid. <laughs> and then they actually did it. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> anyway, so this one, Rousey only wins because of her husband's interference. And then leads to that. There is a chance that he does actually feature into the finish of this match, by the way. <laughs> like, he really shouldn't. But like he, he's been a really good way to get heat for Ronda. However, in terms of the actual match, I don't know, are they expecting him to get a comeuppance? So first he has to do something to get that, get those booze, like hit Becky or something, and then he can get, or, or he just distracts Becky because he's not going to have a man hitting a woman in WWE uh, TV yet. But yeah, you've got the guy distracting the girl and then Ronda takes advantage and then you can have him beat up. But in my world, he full-on interferes into the match. <laughs> Properly, <laughs> properly, Ronda Rousey only wins because he gets in and destroys one of them. <laughs> Arguably, <coughs> oh, I don't know. Is it worse if it's not Becky? Because then you've got the if he does if he does that to Becky Lynch, and then that means that Becky's kind of got the sympathy baby facing. But if they do that to Charlotte, then the only positive thing is then he can turn Charlotte a bit face, I guess, and do a four horse swimming thing. But Ronda's leaving, so he can't do that. Oh, <laughs> no. But yes, worst case scenario, Ronda wins because her husband gets in. I'm saying her husband because I can't remember his name. I wanted to say Travis, but then the surname that comes into my head is Travis Banks, who's the New Zealand wrestler. <laughs> He's not Travis Banks. I don't know his name, and I'm perfectly fine getting going on in my life not knowing his name. 
<laughs> I'm only hung up over it. <laughs> but yeah, Ronda Rousey retains in the main event of WrestleMania and then leaves in both titles. They got no championship. You have to create a new one. And may it be pink and demeaning <laughs> in the worst case scenario as well. Right. I've done an hour and a half show in this awful state. <laughs> so, thank you for listening to us whilst I've been ill. Thank you for living through all the random noises I've been making and whatever my voice sounds like. I'm fearing listening back to this one. <laughs> I rarely do listen back to my shows. Sometimes I feel like that I've got to for the sake of precaution. <laughs> Especially if I'm not very well and my brain's not working right. I feel like I've listened back to it just in case I said something stupid. <laughs> Which is maybe I had the best intentions and it came off as I can't say that. <laughs> that but thank you for listening. Oh, I can't do an outro if you can't read. <laughs> I'll be back uh, this time. No more. I'll be back at which I think at the time. It'll be I think the starting time will be one a.m. GMT and eight p.m. Eastern, five Pacific. We might shift it to just make things work better for each other. Uh, I will. I will have recovered from this by then. Everyone else that I've seen get this has got over it pretty quickly. <laughs> so I should be, I might be fine for WrestleMania itself. Fingers crossed. But I'll be fine for next week to be up with Burn and talking about WrestleMania and Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and NXT and TakeOver. And it's going to be so long. Oh. <laughs> oh, I need to book Clive again. I need to make sure he actually knows in advance when to be up late. Because I've got to plug the, the thing. Like, yeah, I've got to do the mega show to plug the thing. Uh, listen to his show about what the thing is. Oh, I don't know if he's plugging it actively. <laughs> I I should have listened to his show before making the such a statement. Anyway, listen to Ricky Clive. <laughs> Why am I plugging that show? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll be back this time next week. Uh, do listen to the other uh, shows here on Lots of Pain Radio. Uh, the the most variety on of any station. Uh, and please do read all of the columns uh, if you want to get into writing or whatever. Uh, you like, you, yeah, feel like you could be good at the columnist thing, or you want to give it a go. That's what that was my that was my circumstance. I felt like I knew of the columns for I knew what it did, and I was just in the frame of mind of like real life wasn't great at the time. And I remember thinking, I want, why not give it a go? <laughs> why not give this column writing thing a go and see how it, see how I like it or whatever. And yeah, then I got good at the writing there. I learned from everybody. Highly recommend going. Now I'm writing a book. What the hell's happened to life? <laughs> anyway. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to all of the Lords of Pain Radio, reading our columns, especially for someone who regularly reads the columns forum, which is where well, it's like our NXT or whatever. Or if you just want to write. Oh, I've already gone through that and repeat myself. Follow me on Twitter at the damn Impacat. Yeah, follow there's a Lords of Pain Radio account as well, but we I don't know who runs it. It's not me. <laughs> so it's hardly run for whoever does it. Yeah, we all of us will be here for WrestleMania. So if uh, you want to talk to any of the Lords of Pain people during WrestleMania weekend, we will all be catching up and watching it. Uh, if you're somebody watching stuff outside, the two shows I'm trying to catch <laughs> are uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break, especially because there's the awesome, uh, I forgot what it's called, but the Roy Rumble-like match, <laughs> which is just mental. Uh, but there's also uh, the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan, who attempted to murder him. <laughs> so there's a blood feud between Invisible Man and Invisible Stan. So I'm really interested to see how they do that match. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And also, uh, there's uh, the wrestler Orange Cassidy is doing a, I think it's called Orange Cassidy's Show or whatever. It's something like that. And then, or whatever is in the title. <laughs> That's not me, not missing memory yet. That's how it ends. 
But yeah, so Orange Cassidy puts on a show or whatever. Uh, that one is, I can't remember the date, but I'm excited for that. I know, uh, as I've been on live, Bloodsport has been on. I watched that one last year. I try to fit it in if I've got time. It's, it's, it really is a, if I've got time. It's not to spill the beans, but my brother's getting married on Saturday. The life is busy <laughs> and I'm ill. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the time to get ill. But yeah, so if, if I've got time, I will try my best. But I will be up for takeover. Yeah, I said my brother's wedding Saturday. I'm up for takeover. <laughs> up for takeover. Then I'll be up for G1 Supercard as well. I might be a bit tipsy, but I will be up. Um, same for WrestleMania and Raw and SmackDown. Uh, yes, and don't forget to listen to the Aftershocks. They'll be live. I'm not sure about takeover, but definitely after WrestleMania. So please do check those out. I think it's time I sign off. So with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Hmm.